0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, and today my guest is Mr. Anthony Housie. Uh, Mr. Housie is in the Camp Ripley Public Affairs Office. Welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you. Good to have you here on uh, what's a milder day than what we've been seeing here.
1: Yeah. After yesterday, I was ready to hit the beach. But
0: (laughs) A lot of Minnesotans were. All right. Uh, So what is going on at Camp Ripley right now?
1: Well, um, you know, speaking of the beach, we have the Coast Guard on Camp Ripley. They're taking the opportunity to uh, uh, conduct their school, their class, on uh, under ice diving. So they're utilizing a couple of our lakes, uh, cutting holes in them, and going – Going under the ice,
0: you know we've had some of those guys here in the past, mm-hmm. and that uh, all of them say it's quite an experience to cut that hole in the ice and head down into the murky, darker waters, right? And mm. do some diving. It's it's great training for them, though, isn't it?
1: It's it's fantastic training, and it's a it's a rating or a, or a job skill that the Coast Guard is. Uh, it's it's fairly new to the Coast Guard, they're, and they're pushing it farther and harder, and um, opening it up for a lot of different uh, commands around the around the country. And it's something that they they love to get into. And, and uh, you know, they were up in up in Brainerd for a while. They were up in town, utilizing the dive tank. Got a lot of their equipment uh, checked out and and certified. And then they came in and they were just eager to get into the cold weather. What was it? Last week was 27 below without the wind, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they were eager to get in get in, and, and try what they needed to do for winter survival and going under the ice.
0: Yeah, that's amazing stuff. Now, these guys are from the Coast Guard, and I think in the past you've had Navy divers there. Is there a big difference between the two? There's, there's not
1: a huge difference, uh, you know— uh, Skill set wise and certification wise, you know a lot of that. Um, mission wise, there there is like the the, the Navy divers that we've had have uh, have an EOD connection to them an, an ordnance explosive dem- demolition, uh-huh. uh, also recovery and things like that. Kind of a mission where I think that the Coast Guard uh, you know uses that rating and and gives it a multi purpose task.
0: Okay, uh, and how long will they be uh, there or? Are they gone already?
1: Uh, The the navy, the navy wrapped up uh, beginning of this week, and the coast guard will wrap up the end of this week.
0: Okay. Do they both use the same basic uh, hole, if you will, that they've cut through the <laughs> ice? Or do they try different spots? Or How does that work?
1: They've, they've tried different spots, and we've got them on a couple of different lakes. Uh, but it was really uh, interesting last week to see them uh, put up their initial tents and, and their operation and and whatnot right next to each other. That was kind of cool. And then, you know, you'd see the Coast Guard guys go over to the Navy, and they would compare notes for a little bit. And then you see the Navy come back over and the Coast Guard and compare notes for a little bit. But they get out on the on, out on the ice and they carve out a, a wagon wheel uh, into in the snow, uh, so the light will shine through, and it basically forms a compass under the ice, oh. uh, so that when they're under water, they can look up and see where their directions are at and where the where the hole they need to go to is, and then they go through the process of going to these different holes and doing a, a check and things, and uh, it's pretty neat to see.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine what it must be like. Well, that's cool. And this this has been happening for a number of years now.
1: Yeah. I think this is actually our fifth year with the Navy, uh, probably the third with the Coast Guard. And, and the Coast Guard is, uh, you know, the way they've explained it to General Cruz is they're very excited about keeping this relationship going.
0: Awesome. Do you know uh, if any of these divers were from some of our warm weather states, and uh, what did they have to say about Minnesota in the winter?
1: There, there, there were yeah, there was, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of divers out of the Florida Keys and whatnot, and this was their second year for them, so oh. they were, they um, they weren't falling for the howling wolves in the moonlight type of conversations anymore or anything. But uh, yeah, negative twenty seven was was quite a quite a fetch for them. There, there was a, it was a. It was a tough goal,
0: yeah, for a while, I can imagine all right. What else is happening as far as winter training at Camp Ripley right now?
1: Uh, you know a lot of uh, we've had a lot of out of state units that have come up over the past couple of months and and our local units are are starting to get um, uh, acclimated and whatnot for their their skill set training and whatnot doing their winter operations training, so they're going to start to move around on Camp Ripley here and they 'll be making noise in the next couple of months as well. Uh, we have the Norwegian Exchange, which is coming up very, very quickly. That'll be at the end of March, and that'll be another winter operations training opportunity for us. Uh, so we're also excited about that.
0: Uh, those that m- might be coming up from someplace like the Florida Keys uh, think that maybe just existing here is uh, survival training. But is there actual winter survival training that takes place on camp?
1: There is. and. And we don't have the uh, official certified school anymore. Uh, oh. That was that was a school that we had for quite a few years because that was part of our mission was to augment uh, active duty divisions uh, a- in response to the Arctic uh, Arctic you know mission or whatever. Right. Uh, so you know as as the army flows around and 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 whatnot, that that mission might come back. But right now it's kind of uh, it's an unofficial opportunity. We do. You know, we compete with a lot of our um, our fellow training installations throughout the Midwest, uh, like Camp Grayling in Michigan or Fort McCoy in Wisconsin, for winter operations training that, you know, that's skiing and, and building igloos and, and wearing of your equipment, things like that. Uh, it, ironically, it's colder in those three places than it is in Alaska or Antarctica on, on a given time, you know?
0: Yeah, so. yeah. very interesting. And do you uh, continue to train with some of the equipment? I'm thinking tanks and vehicles. And I ask that because I think of our own vehicles here in the winter. Uh, uh, the winter is tough on them. It is,
1: yeah. When all the dashboard lights come on on your, on your car, it kind of has the same effect with a 70 ton tank, you know, even, even though we have uh, diesel fuel pumping through its veins and whatnot. But, uh, we, you know, we learn the process of driving on ice, driving, on, driving through snow having to do maintenance with snow, uh, you know, doing what we call cold starts, which is basically just trying to keep the fuel and a lot of the fluids, you know, fluid. So uh, it's a a process, and it's something that has to be learned and and practiced constantly.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. That's very interesting. Does a tank, maybe you don't even know, (laughs) does a tank handle uh, much differently on snow than on regular ground.
1: Uh yeah, a tank turns into a 70-ton toboggan on snow. <laughs> I I uh, <laughs> I uh, I have experienced that personally when I was a tanker uh stationed in Germany driving on snow trails and whatnot and uh all of a sudden you feel the tracks let go and you're you're
0: sliding down a hill. Yep,
1: sliding down a hill? Wow. And there there really isn't much of a recovery um, process in that you kind of just have to wait it out and and hopefully that you, you're able to maneuver back onto the trail.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. Does the uh military have specific snow, if you will, track specialty vehicles then?
1: They do. You know, they they have tracked vehicles that are a little bit more robust for just going through snow uh we have what we call a susv s-u-s-v uh you know a, a snow utility support vehicle and we use that we probably have about a dozen of them throughout the state we use that to support our civilian uh partners and whatnot when the snowstorm comes through and shuts down oh, i-94 sure. and, and there's somebody stuck out there so we'll go and support uh, in that case and it has you know a crew compartment and and crew heaters and all the necessary things that go along with it for survival
0: yeah, fascinating yeah uh, and if you will talk about what is the northern strike exercise
1: yeah northern strike was a was a big exercise that took place out in michigan actually um uh, you know, and it's something that we would love to love to have happen here. Like I said, we're working in conjunction with all these other bases around the Midwest, but we're also in competition with them a little wow. bit as well. You know, so uh, to have uh, a lot of these out of state units or different organizations, uh, reserve components or active duty components, um, you know, we're lucky to have the Navy. We're lucky to have the Air Force that want to come up here and do cold weather training, and uh, to bring those organizations here. To camp Ripley, this little gem hidden in the central central part of Minnesota, uh, do their training and then go home. It you know, it, it's proven that it's been able to save fifty percent of their budget and and fifty percent of their time as, as far as travel. They don't have to travel to some of these other locations. So Interesting. it's an opportunity.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it also uh, dawns on me that uh, this is the time of the year we usually talk about some biathlon competition in the military. Is that happening again this winter?
1: It is. You know, the weather we had yesterday made me a little bit nervous, but uh, we have a great trail packed and, and beautiful trails groomed right now, and we're going to be starting that next week. We should uh, host about 26 different states. Uh, And we're very excited to uh, welcome the chief of the National Guard Bureau out here so we can see his biathlon in in action.
0: Yeah, It's interesting that it ties in uh, with the Olympics this year. Uh, A lot of people have been watching this on TV. Uh, We were talking about it just the other day on the air because we thought uh, you ski so hard Mm -hmm. and then have to stop and try, as you're breathing that heavy, to... Aim and fire a, a firearm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That I think that's incredible. That's a, definitely a lot of skill right there.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, and remind me, Tony, wasn't the uh, one of the champions here recently from the Upper Midwest?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. Are both the um, uh, Ellingson uh, Sergeant and uh, uh, now I'm trying to remember everybody's name. Um, Jacob and Selena Ellingson, brother and sister out of Grand Rapids, they were uh, they both placed first uh, with the biathlon and uh, for the Minnesota National Guard, and they are incredible athletes, incredible skiers, and uh, they push themselves to the to the limit for quite a bit.
0: Good for them. Good for them. All right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about heritage meals because I've heard about this now. Uh, Explain what that is.
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of a new thing that we started at Camp Ripley last year about this time that we wanted to push the idea to our dining facility, our contracted dining facility, uh, to try to create a specific meal based on Uh, the themed heritage focus that we would have for the month. So, you know, the National Guard puts out um, a lot of different diversities throughout the year and Mm -hmm. and we would like to honor that and recognize that. Uh, So we did that throughout the year last year and it uh, held real good results Mm and very positive from a lot of the people. Uh, You know, it was the opportunity to come in and and experience an African-American heritage type of a meal and then to not just enjoy that as something different but it was something to well why why is peach cobbler you know part of this meal and what what's the significance behind it and things like that so
0: very interesting
1: yeah it was it was a lot of positive results out of it and i think we're going to continue to do that
0: wonderful All right. And um, talk one last thing uh, about, um, again, the holistic fitness. Uh, I understand that's uh, another focus, if you will. (laughs) Right. Yeah, now that the holidays are
1: over and uh, and we've gotten that New Year's resolution that we're starting to maybe uh, stray away from a little bit, it's it's time to get back in the saddle about fitness, total fitness. And uh, you know the, the military, of course, is a big champion of fitness right and right. and their theme um you know starting this this past year has been holistic fitness uh, everything mental fitness, emotional fitness, physical fitness, and they all go together and they uh it 's something that we all need to practice and work on yeah
0: that 's that 's fascinating it 's very true mhm yeah Uh, Well, great. Um, Well, it sounds like you're staying busy, and uh, I'm sure before long we'll have you back, and we'll be talking about snow melt in the next (laughs) chapter. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, Tony, thank you so much for being here to talk about happenings at Camp Ripley, and we'll look forward to seeing you in March. Thank you. All right. Our guest today is Mr. Anthony Housie. He is the, in the Camp Ripley Public Affairs Office. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be found on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also find it on our free mobile app that's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.